Uh, we're talking about the fact that according to the World Health Organization, physical activity reduces non-communicable diseases like diabetes, hypertension, coronary heart disease, depression, stroke and colon and breast cancer. Our next guest released a study called Small Steps, Strong Shield, which found that regular exercise before the pandemic has lessened the chances of health implications from respiratory illnesses, including COVID-19 by up to 42%. The study investigated the health data of over 65,000 people via their wellness application. These individuals were grouped by level of physical activities, low 60 minutes a week, moderate 60 to 149 minutes a week, and high activity that's 150 minutes a week. Let's talk about the study. Dr. Deepak Patel is from the Discovery Vital Wellness, uh, and he's a clinician there. Dr. Patel, good morning. Thank you for your time. What initiated the need for the study? Good morning, KG, and good morning to the listeners. Um, And thank you for having me. Um, What initiated this study was our data and actuarial team at Discovery were monitoring the COVID um, pandemic epidemic in South Africa from the very beginning, so from March 2020 um, until, well, continuously, almost on a real-time kind of basis. And they were reporting as... Others were reporting that older people, um, people with chronic diseases like diabetes, hypertension, mm. males, all were, were having moderate to severe disease. But the one thing we picked up, because we had the data from the vitality side, was that people who were physically active were having less severe disease. Yes. Uh, so these were all people with covid proven with PCR, but people who were physically active were having less severe disease. And so we decided to do a formal study with, uh, and we invited Prof. John Patricios from BITS, Mm -hmm. Sports and Health, and he in turn um, invited researchers from the University of uh, Western Ontario. And we did a formal study, which in fact showed exactly what you said that people who are high active and even medium kind of active in the medium group were better off in terms of um, moderate to severe COVID outcomes. That's hospitalization, um, admitted to ICU, Mm. ventilation, and death. Yeah. So prior to COVID-19, what, if at all, was the relationship between exercise and uh, respiratory illnesses? And I'm thinking asthma, uh, you know, uh, for example, a person with asthma and the ability or lack thereof of participating in some sort of uh, sporting activity. So I think, firstly, um, what we've been showing, you mentioned that there's good evidence that physical activity reduces chronic non-communicable diseases such as heart disease and diabetes. Mm. But increasingly, we've we've also been, um, you know, finding that physical activity improves immunity and risk for infections, mm-hmm. uh, things like influenza. Um, when it comes to to asthma. Um, Generally, actually, 
asthma should not be a condition that prevents someone from exercising. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, about 10% of Olympic athletes have asthma. Wow. And if your asthma is, is well controlled, um, it shouldn't be an impediment uh, to exercise. Yeah. And most people who have symptoms like coughing and wheezing from asthma when they exercise, it means that the asthma is not well controlled. Yeah. They may be taking the wrong medication. They need to take a preventer together with a bronchodilator, you know, medication okay. to open up their airways. Mm-hmm. So, and then there's a very rare kind of exercise-induced asthma, which has got to do with exercising um, in cold mornings, but that's really uncommon. So asthma is not an impediment to exercise. Yeah. So why was it important, uh, Dr. Patel, to divide the study into three groups? Uh, you know, wh- what does the level of physical activity impact health benefits for, for, for each group? I mean, uh, what was the difference? So when we looking, you know, this is a retrospective study, looking back, in other words. Mm. And if we want to draw an inference that physical activity directly is responsible for the better outcomes, it's also better to show a dose effect. Mm-hmm. And that's why we kind of divided um, our cohort into three groups. Uh, and we were able to do that, unlike many other people, because we actually have um, you know, recorded activities, people who use wearables, go to the gym, steps, etc. Mm. And we give them, as part of the vitality program, we give them points for, for, for doing those activities. Yes. So this was the first study that actually had recorded and not self-reported activity. And um, we therefore had, we had to compare what you call the high engage, which mm-hmm. is more than 150 minutes of activity or moderate intensity activity at least a week to those who are low engaged, which is less than 60 mm. um, minutes a week. And we had an intermediate group, which is between 60 and 150 minutes a week. And for both the medium and the high, we showed very significant differences in the low. So for, you know, yesterday I was on TV and uh, my son said afterwards that, you know, the numbers that I quoted just went over people's head. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> I hope, <laughs> so I wanted to just kind of simplify it. Yes, please. Uh, so, for instance, if you looked at hospital admissions, for people low engaged, uh, if 100 people were admitted to hospital, then in the high engaged group, 66 people were admitted. Um, similarly, in ICU, uh, 100 people were admitted. If they were low engaged, then 59 landed up in ICU in comparison with the high engaged. And with ventilation, it was as low as 55 compared to 100 in the low engaged. And with death, it's 58 people in the high engaged group died, whereas 100 in the low engaged group died. So I didn't know if that you know, how to explain it, but, but we saw very significant differences. And why we called it small steps, strong shield, is because even people who were doing between 60 and 150 minutes uh, a week had a significant difference compared to the low engaged. It was about half the effect of the high engaged. Mm. For, 
for all those outcomes, you know, hospital admission, ICU, ventilation and death. Yeah. So, I mean, how does, um, you know, uh, gamification uh, help engage individuals in the study, particularly when dealing with uh, pandemic uh, uh, fatigue? Because a lot of South Africans now have major, major pandemic fatigue. Yes. So I think we realized very early on um, that, you know, the the lockdown, particularly the hard lockdowns, closing gyms, uh, not allowing people even to exercise, was going to have a big effect on uh, their physical and their mental health. And we in Vitality tried to keep our members engaged. So, um, for instance, we we provided online classes. You know, if you had a computer, a phone, TV, you would be able to, a smart TV, you would be able to do those online classes and we gave you points as you do for doing these activities. And we try to keep as many people as possible engaged. Also, we encourage people to use wearables. And of course, we continued um, if they met their weekly target, which we had lowered, just so that people remain physically um, active, if they reached reach the the weekly target, they earn the rewards. So in that way, I think you know maybe gamification is is not the right term, but in in some ways our incentives and rewards program um, kept many more people uh, engaged through the pandemic. Yeah. So, I mean, whilst exercise has many benefits, what does the study tell us about the the quality of life that we're generally leading right now? So, I think what this study shows, as I've mentioned, is that physical activity is important for acute infectious diseases. It improves your immunity. We've known that it it prevents chronic diseases heart disease, as I've said, uh, diabetes, metabolic diseases. But we also know that physical activity improves mental health. You mentioned all this before. What it tells us is that actually our normal state is to be physically active. The abnormal state is what we're doing right now, many of us, which is being sedentary, you know, sitting at desk jobs, at a computer, um, also you know, going to school for long hours, sitting at a desk, all those things are sedentary. I mean, some absolutely necessary. We have, that's the way life is now. But we have to compensate for that uh, by actually, you know, finding time to exercise, to be physically active, Mm. you know, a day. So, I mean, I think this study just confirms what has been found in many other studies that being physically active is a normal physiological state. In fact, yeah. I think we hardwired to be physically active as a species. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
does your study, uh, you know, uh, because a lot of people think that uh, physical activity means something very heavy, right? Uh, going to the gym and uh, yes, of course you can do that. But, you know, one of the things I learned is that a brisk walking regularly is also a good thing. So does your study classify the types of physical activity people need to do to stay leading sort of healthy, healthy lives? Yes. So I think what we're saying in this study is for the, uh, and the study shows what uh, other people have also shown, which is if you're doing nothing, then you must do something. And the benefit of doing something, getting off the couch and, you know, walking initially kind of a short distance if you've been very inactive, um, that has a huge impact. It's a very steep curve from you know, doing nothing to doing something. But if you're doing something, you should do more. And the best kind of outcomes, uh, or at least a substantial uh, outcome is when you're doing 150 minutes of moderate intensity. Mm. By moderate intensity, we mean you're just barely able to hold a conversation with someone. Yes, walk Um, fast, for example. Brisk walk, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. And if if you divide that 150 minutes in a week, then that's 30 minutes five times a, a day. day. Yeah. And that's substantial benefit. Um, and we would encourage people to do more than that. Yeah. You know, preferably an hour a day for at least five days of the week. Um, so double it and you'll get a lot more benefits. But a brisk walk... Is, is what exactly what, you know, a good starting point would be. Yeah. Yes. No, you're definitely preaching to uh, the very converted, and I thank you uh, for making the time to talk to us. Dr. Deepak Patel is a Discovery Vitality Wellness Clinician. Go out there and exercise.